We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. My name's Warren Gooman, and it's my privilege just to share um, some thoughts around our series where we're looking at Psalms of Life, looking at some of the Psalms of David. Um, and, and others, actually. Um, so in regard to that, before we sort of dive into this, just a question to get you thinking today. What is your favourite song of all time? Like, or, 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 or a favourite quote, maybe? You know, what, what's kind of your go-to when, 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 you know, your mood's a bit down and you just need a bit of a uh, pick me up, you know, uh, I, I tend to drive around in my car a lot today on my own. Um, actually, someone got in my car the other day and I realised, oh, hang on, I have to clear my office out, um, you know, cause, because I, 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 my children don't travel with me as often as they used to. So uh, during the week, I'm often uh, driving around on my own and I have a kind of a playlist of worship songs or other classic 80s songs, I must confess, it's not just worship. And they're the kind of the go-to, just when I kind of want to lift my mood and go, oh yeah, just, I need a good banger of a song, you know, just whack that on and inspire you and just lift you. Have you got one of those? It would be really fascinating to go around and hear each one of them, but uh, we, we don't have time for that today. But the, the, here's the point, that poems and songs and um, inspirational quotes and prayers have been around for thousands of years, right? The, the, the part of our human experience. And in the Old Testament of the Bible, we have 150 of these songs and prayers and poems that were written by people that are still inspiring us today. They've inspired people for thousands of years. And the one we're going to read today is um, written by King David, and he was one of the first great kings of Israel. And, uh, and we're going to read Psalm 25 from the New Living Translation. I'm not sure if it's a prayer. I think it's probably a prayer. I don't think it's a song. Um, I'm not going to sing it, if, even if it was a song. Okay, just, no, there's, there's no manuscript or anything like that. Let's assume that it's a prayer so that we can just read it. Okay, here we go. Psalm 25. David says this, O Lord, I give my life to you. Like what we've just been singing about. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try and deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Wouldn't that be our prayers, eh? Remember not my rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his ways. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many 
many sins. Notice that he says many twice there. He's very aware of it. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how my enemies have see how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for you I for in you I take my refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you, O God. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Well that's a good prayer to pray just right at the moment. King David starts a psalm with a prayer of commitment to God. He says he puts his whole trust or his, his hope, his confidence in God. Now that's actually quite something to say when you appreciate who's writing this prayer. This guy was probably one of the most successful people in the world at the time. He led a nation. He was a physically strong guy. He was, I think most uh, would would Consider him a handsome man at the time. He was a successful military strategist. He was a, a king that led his people well. He was a proven leader. He was intelligent. And besides that, he was a gifted musician and songwriter as well. Like some people just got it all right, you know. It's kind of, you know, he's just one of those guys. He was just really good at everything. And so when, you've, when you're like that, when you've got so many gifts and talents, when you've got so many strengths and abilities, you'd kind of think that you'd just put your confidence in those, right? You'd just go, well, I've got it all together. I've got life sorted. I can do this without God. But David goes, no, 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 I put my trust. I put my hope in God. So why would he do that? Why did David put his trust in God? That's a great question to ask as we ponder on the psalm today, because if someone like him, as successful as he was, puts his trust in God, well, maybe there's something there for us as well to be inspired to put our trust in God as well. Does God's character and actions inspire us to trust him? Well, King David would say, absolutely, and here's why. He outlines some of it in his psalm. Let's go back and just read a couple of selected verses here. Verse 6. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful. Verse 11. For the honor of your name, forgive my many sins. Verse 17. My problems go from bad to worse, so feel my pain, forgive my sins. What David is expressing here is that he's putting the trust or his trust in the one who loves him more than anyone else in the world. The one who always has loved him and will always love him. See, at one time, 
David thought, and you're probably very aware of the story, David thought that a fulfilling love would be found in the woman of his dreams that he saw bathing next door from his rooftop one night where he probably shouldn't have been, and he should, certainly shouldn't have been looking. But he did, and, and he fell, and we probably know the story. However, he realises his mistake. He, he, he realises that going about trying to get that sort of love in the wrong way was wrong, and it, and, and it, and it, it, it distanced him in his relationship with God. And David was grieved by that. And after being challenged by the prophet Nathan, he, he goes before God and he repents before God and he goes, God, forgive my many sins. This isn't the, the psalm particularly that does it, but I'm sure he's, he's remembering that. And through this process of repenting and finding forgiveness, David experiences a deep, deep love. A love that God has for him, a, a healing love. That puts him back on his feet again. A love that removes his guilt and shame. A selfless love that truly satisfies David. And here's what we see in this psalm, which is interesting. It's a godly love that consistently treats David based on who he will be, not who he currently is. Just ponder on that thought for a moment. That God's love consistently treats you in the light of who he sees you will be, not who you were or currently are. Now, he loves you for who you are, but in his perspective, he's always thinking of who you'll be. Like that song we sang today, you know, who you say I am. You are a son and daughter of the living God. He has an eternal future with you in heaven. He is always at work creating you and forming you and getting rid of the bad stuff in your life and sowing in the good stuff because he's got a vision for your future. And he consistently loves you in the light of that, not in the light of what you've previously done. Isn't that good news? And that's the love that secure, anchors David to go, if I'm going to put my trust in anybody, I'm going to put my trust in someone who loves me like that. The God who created me, the God who consistently has purposes for me that are beyond my successes, of which he knew, beyond my failures, which he was also very aware of. And we're the same as David, right? There are successes in our life which we can sometimes put too much confidence in, there is failures in our life, certainly, that we want to avoid. And through all of that, we want to know that there is a God who loves us through it all. And wherever you're at today, here's the thing that you need to know, is that God will consistently love you through all of the hard times and the good times. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7 in the message says this, God's love always looks for the best. It never looks back. It, it keeps going to the end. Now I also think of Philippians 1 verse 6 where it says that God is faithful to complete what he has begun. I don't know where you're at on your journey with God or what God's doing in, in your life at the moment, but he is always working towards a good, 
perfect plan in your life. And sometimes we, we really slip up on that and we really miss the boat on that. And like, we can all look back on our lives. I look back on my life and go, oh, I could have been so much further ahead than if I had just kind of humbled myself and repented a bit earlier and learned that lesson a little bit quicker. But that's okay. God knows that. God can work with that. God keeps loving us through all of that and draws us to trust in that love. It's the love that sustains us. It's a love that sustained David, and it's a love that can sustain us as well. So here's the question. Do you know that sustaining love of God? Now, not just know about it, not, not just know that, yeah, I'm talking about it now, and you're kind of going, well, you know, that's kind of a nice idea. But it's an actual experience in your heart where you actually sense, yes, I know that I know deep down in my heart that God loves me. He's absolutely there for me. He's never going to let me go. He is there for me. He believes in me. He's not going to let me down. And if, if, if you know that there is another step in that journey to know that love today, that to, to know it with greater certainty, to know it with a, in, in a deeper place in your being, we'll, we'll pray at the end that you'll come to know that love today. But it's one of the big, big reasons that David says, this is why I put my trust in God. And it's the reason that many people who have followed Christ over centuries, over, over years, just all down through history, it's the reason that people have put their confidence in God is that God is love. Fully expressed on the cross in what Jesus did for us, that he truly loves us. Let's look at another reason why David puts his trust in God. Verse 4, David says this, Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves. Verse 8 to 10, The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Or verse 12, who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path that they should choose. David was certainly a man who experienced the results of making some bad decisions. A few of us out there made some bad decisions in their lives. And the contrast of God's blessing when he followed God's word. And in a time where um, he would have had to make a multitude of decisions. Just appreciate, you know, this is now 3,000 years ago. This is just a little while ago, you know. And in that time, the, the democratic process, there was no MMP, okay? There was no government structure. He was it. You know, the king had to make a whole lot of decisions for his nation. And I'm sure he would have had advisors and people he would have delegated things to. But essentially, a lot of those key decisions would have landed on his lap. Every day he would have had to make a multitude of decisions. And so David's approach to this is not to 
kind of sit down and wrestle through each one of them. What we see from his reflections and his songs and in his prayers is that he spent time, a lot of time, in God's Word. A lot of time reflecting on what God had previously revealed, not just to him, but to to people in the past to go, okay, what are the godly principles and laws that should shape my thinking so that I make good decisions here? And fortunately, David became a seeker of that truth. He became passionate about knowing the truth because he understood that when he understood things from God's perspective, he could make good earthly decisions. And so it is with us. When we can have God's perspective, we make better decisions in, the, in our daily lives. Uh, one of the, probably one of the most famous verses in Scripture, actually, is one that David wrote in Psalm 119, 105, says this, Your word, what God has revealed, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Are you using that light? Are you using that lamp? Coming back to Psalm 25, verse 14 says, The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. Another version I was reading this week says, The Lord confides in those who fear him. I love that word. That's cool. Just ponder on that for a moment. That the Lord confides in those who fear him. So in other words, that that God is real and he's actually looking for people that he has created to actually be the type of people that go, hey, I'm seeking you, God. I'm seeking your truth. I actually want to understand you and I want to understand your ways. And God goes, I want to be with that sort of person. We can expect God's presence, God's understanding, God's power to be in and around our lives when we are a seeker of truth like David was. He will lead us and guide us. And just as you know, David needed that, that day-to-day wisdom in all that he was doing, so we, we will be given that wisdom to see things for how they truly are. And that will lead us to a deep trust in God where we, we actually let our lives be guided by that truth and it works out better than, than what the way we would have done it anyway. And, and sometimes God's perspective is quite different from our perspective. But as we follow his truth, as we follow his ways, we go, ah, there's the blessing. There's God walking with me in this. And that leads us to a place of deeper trust in him. So here's a question for you as we start 20... Well, we're still kind of near the start of 2024, aren't we? We're sort of, as Annette reminded me today, we're kind of marching into it fairly quick. It's almost February already. So, But as we sort of start the year, as you look at the year ahead, what is the truth that God is leading you into this year? There's a prayer I... I, I prayed a few weeks ago. I, was, I, I realized that, you know, in my, in my younger days, I tended to want to know everything as quickly as I can. Now I try and know less, but go a whole lot deeper. There's got a few people like that out there. You, you actually realize as you go through life, it's more important to know 
clearly a few things but go really deep on those, then you don't have to know everything. The most important thing is that you know what God wants you to know. And so my prayer a few weeks ago was this. I said, God, what, are you, what truth, what one really big thing do you want me to really catch hold of this year? That you want to reveal to me that that'll, that'll just become part of who I am. Not just a truth out there that I aspire to know or to live out, but it actually becomes, that truth becomes a part of who I am as a person. What is that that you want me to know? I'm not going to tell you about that. Yeah, I might, might tell you more towards the end of the year. But God is unfolding something and, and honing that down for me. And I, I realize that's a great prayer to pray. God, what is, it, what is something that you want me to, a truth that you want me to know really deeply this year that will become part of who I am? Maybe that's a prayer that you can pray over the next week or so and just be listening for how God guides you and leads you into that. So we've seen a couple of things that David emphasizes. There's probably a whole lot more we could point out in this psalm. But the two big ideas that David expresses here are this. Number one is God's love. This, this kind of is the foundation that sits under, underneath everything, that I can trust in God. I can trust in God because he truly loves me. He, he sees the future. He believes in me. He knows the purposes that he's working out in my life, and I can trust in them. And hence, I've, I repent. I, I humble myself to, before God so he can lead me in his ways. And then as I do that, I want to walk in his truth. I want to know his wisdom. I want to see things from his perspective. And then David goes on in the psalm to say, well, these are some of the results that I see from doing this. When I do that, when I put my trust in God, when I put my trust in his love, when I put my trust in his wisdom, here's the results that I see. Verse 13, we, we read, They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. Verse 15, My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Verse 21, may integrity and honesty protect me, for my hope is in you. One of the things that we see historically is that David and the nation of Israel prospered under his reign. Because David didn't put his confidence in himself, he put his confidence in God, the results transpired into his life. People actually went, this is the guy I want to follow. You, you will have influence in the world around you when you put your trust in God. People may not be able to identify why they're following you or why they're inspired by your life, but they'll just notice that there's something different about you. And maybe there's an opportunity for you to share it with others. But what we see here in David's life is there is a blessing upon, our, and upon his life and there will be a blessing upon us as we trust in him. Israel knew and followed God as a nation as a, on, on the whole. They enjoyed long periods of peace, which was a big deal 3,000 years ago. They became very settled and established as a nation. A lot of the infrastructure was established under King David's reign. And then he left an incredible legacy for his son Solomon to build on. And then 
Israel became probably at the, the zenith of its, of its power and influence in the world at the time. In short, David and the nation of Israel experienced God's blessing. And what greater thing to have in our life than the blessing of God? It is so good to know that God's presence, God's word, God's power is with us. So what do, we, what do we take from this? What do we take from the psalm? What do we take from um, these prayers of David that we read? We take that God's blessing is available for us. But it doesn't come from seeking the blessing. It comes from simply trusting in God. I, I look back over... Um, my life and Junior and I are uh, coming up 29 years married next week, and we're just reflecting on that yesterday. It just it just takes over, it just goes so quick, doesn't it? It's great. Um, the uh, and we're just reflecting on you know life and 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 what God has done in our lives over the years, and I just think about it like I I couldn't have imagined the blessing that God would place on my life and our life and our family's life over the years. But it's not that I went out seeking it. It's not that we go out and we go, God, I'll follow you as long as you bless me. No, that's not the way it works with God. He just calls us to trust him. And as we've trusted him, as we've put our trust in him, we've we've seen that blessing. And if, if that blessing continues, that's awesome. If As we go through hard times, you go, okay, now I, now I need God's presence. Now I need God's closeness to get me through this difficult time. But either way, whether life is great or whether it's hard to see God's blessings in that moment or whether we're living in those blessings, we will continue to put our trust in Him. So here's the question. Where do you need to put trust in the Lord this year? Or maybe a better question could be, what would you trust in God in a deeper way this year look like for you? What would trust in God in a deeper way this year look like for you? Maybe you need to trust him with your sin. Maybe there's things in your life where you just go, I know I've been putting this off and I just need to settle this before God. I need to surrender this area of my life to God. I need to put this right. Just like David realized he needed to do that. And through that repenting, through that turning back to God, through that turning from your sin and trusting him, you'll find that restorative love of God again. Maybe it's wisdom. Maybe you're facing some decisions in your life and you need to go, man, I really need God's wisdom at the moment. Every parent here is going, yes, please, God, give me some wisdom here at the moment. How do I do this thing called parenting? You know? Well, maybe in, 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 in your relationships or in your, in your work life, where do you need God's wisdom? Where do you need his insight? Where do you need that light to your feet, that lamp to your feet, that light to your path? And as I was uh, saying before, in all of this we see, not that David knew this at the time because it was you know, another seven or 800 years before Christ came along, but what we can now see in Scripture is that 
this love that God, that David was expressing to God, this trust that he had in him, this truth that, were, that God was unveiling, this blessing that comes from God is all seen in the cross. When Jesus, the God himself, comes in person and gives his life for us, it reveals a greater love that the world has never seen before and will never know anything greater again. That God loved us so much that he gave his life for us. And as we see that truth and respond to that truth, we come into the blessing of God's life being released into our lives. But we've got to to do something there. We need to put our trust in what God has done for us. Uh, We were um, praying in the prayer meeting this morning, and just, by the way, a reminder, we have a prayer meeting in the staff room just over here, quarter past nine every Sunday morning. It'd be great if you join us. And I listen in that prayer meeting for, God, what are you saying through these prayers? And one of the words that stood out for me this morning was restore. God wants to restore our souls. David often uses this line in his Psalms. He says, God, restore my soul. Does your soul need to be restored today? Are you not in a relationship with God, but you want a relationship with God? God wants to restore you to his purposes again. Maybe you do know God, you're walking with God, but you know there's a hunger in your heart for something much deeper this year, for a greater revelation of God, for a a deeper insight into his love, a greater sense of his presence, a greater um, awareness of his power working around your life. Well, then come and trust him again. Put your trust in him. That's, that's David's call. That's David's prayer. And it's his call to us, which resonates through the centuries. Come, people of God. Come to the Lord. Be restored in your soul. Receive his life and put your trust in him again. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.